Maybe you felt chills or goosebumps. Perhaps it's an overwhelmed feeling of something bigger than you or more complex. Whatever the feeling, God put the response in your soul as a reminder of His presence, power, and glory. It's called awe, and He wants to remind us of it every day in many ways. Join us as we discover how God has used His awe to inspire others to follow Him deeper in their lives. So today on In Awe by Bruce, we have Matt Brown, who's the founding and lead pastor at Sandals Church in Riverside, California, which began with just eight people in 1997 and now includes 14 physical campuses throughout California. But beyond that, a growing online campus with more than 50 countries tuning in and a digital presence reaching 130,000 people a week. Pastor Matt's passionate about the vision of authenticity and raising up the next generation of leaders. He and his wife, Tammy, have three children and reside in Riverside, California, but he also has a book coming out that we want to talk about and get more insight on. And if you get a chance, look at Sandal's website. We'll put it on the web page, but look at the website and you can see what they did for Christmas. And if that doesn't bring it off, some of the stories you're going to hear today are going to even amplify that even higher. Matt, so glad to have you here. Thank you for joining us for In Awe by Bruce. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Bruce. I'm excited to be on the show and uh, glad I'm not in Ohio where it's freezing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you don't want to be here. That's a penalty. I just want to start off and ask you what happened in your life that put you so in awe of God that you headed down the path you're on now? Yeah, so I had an interaction with God when I was in high school. Um, I went to summer camp and had a uh, summer church camp, had a radical encounter with God where I really, really felt uh, not only I was supposed to give my life to Christ, but I was supposed to follow God into ministry. That happened at 15 years old. In California, I went to public school. We take an assessment test your senior year in uh, high school to try to figure out what you're going to do. This is public school. And I remember my English teacher, I went up to her and I said, uh, her name is Miss Brown, no relation to me. I said, Miss Brown, I, I don't know what this word means. And so my public assessment test from public high school in California, it said clergy. I didn't know what that word was. <laughs> oh, wow. Right, yeah. So God just really began to move in my heart. And um, so in my 20s, I was going to be a lawyer, was going to go into politics, and God called me out of, out of that. And so I graduated from college with a poli-sci major and headed to seminary and planted Sandals Church with eight people. And God has just absolutely blown me away. Last Easter, we had 5,000 people on Easter give their lives to Christ. I know. Wow. I know. It's That's just like incredible. an X verse. Yeah, I know. So, and, and, and for all your listeners, you know, just pray for California because, yeah. you know, so many people are fleeing this state. I feel like God's called me here to the front lines mm-hmm. and I don't want to go to heaven telling God I ran away from the challenge. I want to stay where the challenge is and, yes. and, and meet the needs that are the most pertinent. And so California certainly is, is a mess. Everything you guys hear about and more, but okay. uh, this is where God's called me. So, so I've been in awe of God for since I was 15 years old. And God, for whatever reason, in his mercy and grace, has chosen to speak to me uh, in powerful ways. And I've had the opportunity to see God do some amazing miracles. And so that's why I wrote the book, Every Day a Miracle. It's kind of a summary of just the just crazy, unbelievable miracles I've seen God do, you know, over my 25 plus years in pastoral ministry. Uh-huh. And then just really the book ends with, but miracles don't happen if we don't ask. Yeah. So, so let's ask. I remember uh, Josh McDowell on a tape. I heard him on prayer back in the early 80s. 
and his whole point behind the prayer was ask God for anything. Yeah. Whatever you ask, you know, he'll say no, or he'll say yes, or or like, you're going to tell us maybe later. (laughs) Yeah. But I think it was, he was called Honest to God. Yeah. No, it's a great book. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, tell us some of the examples that highlight your book that would help people understand when you're saying miraculous, what do you mean? There are all kinds of miraculous stories, but in the final chapter, I think it's chapter 12, God can use you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus can use you to do miracles. I was on a medical mission trip and I I am not a medical professional. I have no medical training. I'm not a nurse, doctor. You know, I think I took biology in college. I mean, that's my extent of of medicine, but I was the chaplain for uh, a group of about 200 doctors in uh, Northern Vietnam. And so we did heart surgeries, cleft palate surgeries, goiter removal surgeries, basically anything not involving bone. I don't know why mm-hmm. they just they don't mess with bones. But um, our organization did a cleft palate surgery on a, an 18 month old young Vietnamese boy. And yeah. everything was great until they tried to bring him out of anesthesia and he stopped breathing. And uh, I go into detail in the book, but basically we were in a communist country. Yeah. There was a lot of concern that we were all going to go to jail because mm-hmm. they don't like Christians. They didn't want us there. And the head doctor said, we're not going to call this boy dead until after Pastor Matt comes and prays over him. Well, I wasn't in the OR. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I'm not an anesthesiologist. I was back at mm-hmm. base camp. So they called me and I scrubbed in just like for surgery. Yeah. Uh, when I got there, the boy was still on the table, obviously dead. Uh, he had mm-hmm. not been breathing for eight hours. And, uh, there was a, just a huge tension in the room, a lot of arguing, a lot of blaming, some screaming. And I just prayed with these doctors. And, and I got to tell you, Bruce, I had no faith to believe that God would bring this kid back from the dead. There was no one more shocked or surprised than me at about what was about to happen. And so I prayed over this little guy. I said, amen. And he woke up just in the instant I said, amen. And he was oh, fine my. and healed. And the doctor, Dr. Harvesty, who's not a believer, he looked me in the eyes. He was weeping because this guy, think about it, this doctor had given his yeah. vacation time to go over to a foreign country. Uh, he was a, a plastic surgeon, and he felt like he killed a kid. He made a mistake. He put the wrong size airway tube in this little boy. Mm. And so it caused his airway to contract, and that's why they couldn't get any oxygen. And with tears in his eyes, Bruce, he said it's just like the stories in the Bible. And no, um, kidding. And I just stood back. And so – there are all kinds of stories in this book about radical healings, radical miracles, and, and basically God answers prayers. God does amazing things, and every prayer Bruce has answered with a yes, a no, or a wait. Uh, mm-hmm. If any of your listeners have experienced a no, it's probably my favorite chapter in the book when God says no. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a tough chapter. It's so tough the publishers made me put a trigger warning in front of it because really? it involves the, the loss of children's lives. But I'm grateful to the parents that all allowed me to share the loss of their children's stories Mm -hmm. Um, because I think it's important. Not not every miracle that we ask for is a yes, you know, and one of the things I go over in the book is Jesus says, with God, all things are possible. And and the point I make is they're not all promised, but they are possible. Yes, it's an incredible book. It's kind of my journey constantly stumbling into a miraculous God. And, And here's the thing, Bruce, being surprised every time. Every time. Yeah. Because I never expect a miracle, but God does miracles every day. And I just, yes. I, I just have experienced so many. I had to put that. And it's interesting, you know, the publisher, HarperCollins, they, um, they're not a Christian publisher. They didn't, they, yeah. they shot the book down 
because I wanted to write it during COVID. And they said, there's just too much, there's too much death, yeah, too much sickness. And uh, it went all the way to the very top. And I just said, do you guys think with your lawyers and your attorneys, do you think you're experiencing more death than a real life pastor on the ground with people? <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, we had a family in our church that lost nine family members to COVID. Nine. Yeah. yeah. They had a birthday party, you know, and it just, it spread like wildfire at this party and family members were overweight, diabetic. It was one of those families, but it just, yeah. it just took, it just ran through them. But having said that, God does not owe us miracles, Bruce, mm -hmm. but he does give them to us. And the argument I make in the book is miracles are the best way to get non-believers, non-Christians to at least consider that there might yes. be a God. Yes. So there's so much of religion now is politics. It's, it's let me make you live the way I think you should live. And, right. and what I tell people all the time is Jesus calls. He never coerces. He's inviting you to a dynamic That's a great relationship. Line. Yeah. I like yeah. that. And sometimes the miracles that we ask for aren't the things we're thinking of. Yeah. Just two weeks ago, maybe three, uh, a couple that I know got in a car accident. It was just a single car accident. He probably had uh, strokes while he was driving oh, and rolled man. the car three times, right? And he had become alert a couple of times, but he was paralyzed from the waist down, couldn't use his hands, was on always going to be on a breathing tube. Oh, wow. And so the family's trying to figure out what to do. His wife was in horrible shape, but was going to recover, but she has multiple fractures, going to have a long time recovering. But here's the miracle. We were all praying for a miracle. The miracle wasn't that it healed mm -hmm. him. The miracle is this, that he woke up one day and he was able to use his hands, mm. couldn't talk, but his family was in there telling him where they were at and they, did he want to go on with heroics and stuff. And he was able with his hands and kind of nodding his head and shaking his head yeah. to tell them, cut. He just did that cut sign. And they go, you want us to cut it all off? And he, he gave them the thumbs up. And each of the family members asked him separately, what do you want us to do? You want he cut? Do you want us to take you off the thing? Yes. I want off the ventilator. I don't want to live like this, basically, is what he tried to signal to them. And, wow. and the miracle was that he used his hands. He was able to communicate that. They didn't have to make the decision. Yeah, praise God. Horrible. Yeah. And the yeah. wife knew then that he made the decision and not anybody else. Yeah. So one of the things I say in the first chapter, Bruce, is yeah. I cannot promise the miracle you want, but I do promise the miracle you need. Yeah. And and, and I think that's a huge, a huge difference, um, you mm -hmm. know, for a lot of us. Because here's the truth, Bruce. Even Lazarus, after Jesus raised him from the dead, he had to die again. Yes. Right. You know, so so death is unavoidable. All miracles are simply an extension of life. Right. At some point, like we we got to go meet our maker. And that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's the reality. But in that, God is powerful. In the first chapter, I talk about a guy who's not a believer, very skeptical of God. He's been a lifelong yeah. friend. He thinks, you know, the church is kind of a scam to get yeah. people's money. That's just, that's just what he believes. He's had some bad experiences, but, you know, he got COVID and he was on a ventilator mm. and he kept crashing and he FaceTimed me Yeah, oh. and had the nurse do it. And he's got the ventilator hooked up to his face. And yeah. the nurse said, he wants you to pray over him. And I said, let me get this straight. You want me to pray to a God who doesn't exist to heal you. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. And he tears, tears are running down his eyes. Yeah. And, uh, and he said, yes. And I said, okay. I said, I don't know what God will do. He went home two days later. Jeez. 
It's, I mean, so think about it. most of people, like if you're in the ICU, you're going to get yeah. moved out of the ICU and then you're going to be in the hospital for a week or two oh, weeks yeah. as you recover. He yep. was home in 48 hours. Yeah. And if you're on a ventilator, yeah, you know, you've got an 80% chance you won't yeah. make it. And after you pull yeah. it off, you're not, you don't walk out the doors in two days. Yeah. yeah you're right. Yeah, so, excuse me. He wasn't on a ventilator. He was on the, the highest level of oxygen. So oxygen, these tubes yeah, were like, like okay. these tubes were like, like an alien. Yeah, know? yeah. And I guess it was the most air they can push without blowing your lungs up. Yeah. Wow, that is amazing. Praise God yeah. for that. Yeah. So, Matt, what do you say to the other people that you run into that aren't in that situation? They don't They don't think they have anything desperate going on in their lives. And they're going, come on, miracles, really? Yeah, yeah. And so, so what I would say is life is always normal until it isn't. Yeah. I mean, life can go from a pleasure cruise to the Titanic in a phone call. Mm-hmm. And at some point, everyone needs a miracle. Mm. I, you know, I don't care if it's relational, financial, yeah. uh, health-wise. People will either need it personally or they will need it for someone they love. And mm-hmm. I think to say, oh, I don't need that, is kind of naive. It means you've had a pretty blessed life yes. and that nothing tragic has ever happened. But there are all kinds of things. Miracles for finances. You know, We're heading into, I think, some economic very, very difficult times in the next couple of years. You're going to see a lot of people lose their jobs because we've been printing money and, you know, and that party's probably over And here in California. It's really starting to tighten up. So what I would say is maybe you don't need a miracle, but you do need a miraculous relationship with an awesome God. And so Mm -hmm. this book will walk you through who Jesus is. The second chapter is who is this that even the wind and waves obey? And it's the, it's the disciples questioning, okay, who is this guy? I think a lot of people think they know Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. But they don't really know Jesus. Right. This book is kind of a, a journey to kind yeah. of walk through deepening your relationship with God to try to connect in a, in a more deep way with, with God. And so maybe you don't personally need a miracle, but someone you love will, and this mm-hmm. will help you and prepare you to pray for them, to help them. The book ends with the DeMar Hamlin story, you know, the football player for the Bills. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw that game, but he's lying. Yes. He's lying on the field helpless. Yes. And all the medical professionals are doing the very best they can. So, so what do I do as a person watching this? Mm-hmm. Well, as a Christian, I do what I can, and that's pray. You know, I was so proud of the ESPN host who prayed on air, you know, because a lot of people, we talk about prayer, but we mm-hmm. don't actually pray. Yes. And I love that the ESPN host stopped the show yes. and prayed on TV. And I believe that that's one of the reasons DeMar Hamlin was so radically saved. Definitely. Um, so, because he was gone. He was gone. So, yeah. What about when you run into people maybe in your own church or around, and they go, well, you know, only people, another myth, only people that are pastors or certain gifts can see something like that happen. It's not going to happen with me. Yeah. So I, I tell a story about a young man in our church, Mitch. He's six foot eight. He was diagnosed with chronic Gian Barr syndrome. And if you don't know what that is, it's it's basically you're paralyzed. Um, it's kind of like almost like Lou Gehrig's disease, except that it's not terminal. It just makes you miserable. I mean, mm. you, you're basically bound to a wheelchair. I mean, I guess it could, could kill you if it affected your breathing and mm-hmm. your swallowing. And he had it bad. And his chapter is the chapter on waiting when God mm-hmm. says wait. And he had yeah. this disease for three years. And so him and a bunch of college kids had some Pepsi and some potato chips, did the Lord's Supper and prayed, and he was healed. And I tell his story. I mean, he's been healed for eight years. 
So it's a radical story and mm. it's amazing. So I'm still close with him. And so he actually, when he heard about this book, he reached out to me and he said, I want to tell you my story. Yeah. And so his story's in the book and just totally, completely healed and a verifiable miracle. I mean, it's an incurable disease. There's nothing yeah. they can do for it. The treatments they have for it are as bad as the disease. But yeah, so that's Mitch's story. Uh, there's another story about a girl named Natasha in our church with terminal cancer, told there's no more hope. I talk about her where in our prayer time together, she became the pastor and I became the parishioner. Mm-hmm. She just kind of took over the, the healing service and just cried out to God. You know, she was given three weeks to live. And that was four years ago. Still here, still still, here. still doing great. And so there's just so many stories about what God is doing. And it's just so incredible. Mm. And um, so I would just say, I'm not guaranteeing a miracle, but I am guaranteeing God's presence. So that's chapter two, the miracle mm-hmm. of God's presence in your life. And so sometimes that's that's what happens. You know, God God becomes the most powerful through our tears. So is there another myth that you want to blow apart here that could tell people about more what's going to go on in your book, you know, something they could look at to get over. Yeah, I, I think people are super intimidated to pray. And so mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of what I spend on is God wants to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't want to hear from me. He wants to hear from you. And you can talk to him right where you are in any way. Uh, I was uh, at the gym the other day and I was talking to a young man. He was in prison in California. You don't spend much time in prison, but he was in prison, drug addict, four kids, needed to turn his life around. And he just told me, he said, I listened to your sermon and you said I could talk to God. And he said, I didn't know what to do. So I just started writing God letters. And he shows Mm -hmm. me this stack of letters that he wrote to God. And he said, God met me in my cell and God spoke to me and God changed my life. And uh, he just said, I I want you to tell people if God could speak to a no good idiot like me, Mm -hmm. he can speak to anybody. So that's the thing. And one of the things I talk about in my book is the Lord's Prayer, if you say it, you know, our mm-hmm. Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. When I say it, I've timed myself. It's between 13 and 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. Why would Jesus teach us to preach that? It doesn't take much. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of people think our prayers got to be big words, long winded. And Jesus actually teaches the opposite. You know, let our yeah. words be few. Don't babble on and on and on. Say what you need, because God already knows what you need. And then I get into, well, if God already knows what I need, why do I need to ask? And I say, because he said ask, and he doesn't answer prayers we don't ask. So Right. He wants a relationship. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just just so, so important that a lot of people fail to realize what Jesus did for us on the cross. And one of the things he did is you have direct access to God because Mm -hmm. of Jesus. I know. And, uh, you know, we have so many Catholics out here in uh, California, and they think they need a priest to pray. I'm like, no, 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 you have one. His name is Jesus. And uh, and he's the high priest. Mm -hmm. So you can go through him. And so it's just seeing God do just such amazing, amazing things. There's one more story in the book. I preach in studio. So, you know, because we have so many campuses. So I preach on Thursdays at 11 a.m. in front of a live audience. But uh, there was a, a mom and a daughter, and I'll never forget it. So, you know, I don't know how old the mom was, but the daughter was 14, and they were just not okay in tears. And her husband was on a ventilator. He had been for 30 days, and they just said it, it's grim. And she just said, would you pray for my husband? And I asked the daughter, I said, what do you want me to pray for? And she just, with tears, my daddy, pray for my daddy. And I'm sitting there, Bruce, and I'm like, okay. And then the next Sunday, yeah, there's the dad standing with the mom and the daughter and he's healed and he's at church and my bruce my jaw just drops 
I bet. And I just, I was like, you, I, I just said, you got a yes. God said yes. And, and the mom said, I don't know why. I said, I don't know why either, but hmm. you got a yes. Got a and yes. Um, yeah, it was, my jaw just dropped. And there's just yes. so many stories like that in this book where I'm just like, people need to know, man, the more you pray, the more miracles you will see. The less hmm. you pray, the less miracles you will see. So, Boy. Amen. So true. I want to ask you one more question and then we can get to how people can get a hold of your book yeah. and when it's coming out and all that. My last question for you, and, and this shines through, and I think it I think it points to some of the answers you'll probably give me, but seeing all this happen around you, it could be easy for somebody's ego to get out of line. Yeah. You have that humbleness and amazement at every one of these things that keeps happening. Yeah. Maybe talk to people about how you keep that in control because, you know, really it's not us, it's God. So yeah, yeah. Tell us some yeah, more. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um so my chapter on waiting on God, my back went out. I don't know if you've ever had back pain, but um, <laughs> I mean, for any of your listeners, mm. you know, people who don't have it, don't get it. But mm -hmm. my back went out. So I'm, I'm writing a book on healing, Bruce. Yeah. And I'm lying on my back. <laughs> I can't stand. I can't walk to the bathroom. I can't do anything. And I, what I was doing, I call it ego lifting. I was lifting too much weight in the gym. I'm just sitting there and the Lord just reminded me. And so then I, I called two people in my church who I know have the gift of healing, and I asked mm -hmm. them to pray over me, and, and I got better. I mean, radically better. Mm -hmm. It's not me, Bruce. It's the mm -hmm. Lord. And God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Mm -hmm. And I have prayed over people, Bruce, and God said no, and they died. And that's hard. Wow, that's hard. But I've prayed over people, and God said yes. And so what I tell people is, and this is over and over in the book, I don't know what God will do. Mm -hmm. but I know what he can do. Yes. And for a lot of your listeners who maybe come out of uh, kind of name it and claim it backgrounds and, right. you know, they've kind of been, I think hurt because they're told they didn't have enough faith. And, and here's what I tell people, you know, we don't order miracles. We ask mm -hmm. for them mm -hmm. and God has a purpose and a plan. And I don't, I don't always know what it is, but I don't have to have faith in what God will do. I have to have faith to believe in what he can do. And that's where my faith stops. And I just tell people, I don't know what God's going to do, but I know what he can do, and I'm going to pray. And so I think that, Bruce, I'm very aware of my sinfulness. I don't know if you know, but the vision of Sandals Church is being real, being yes. real with yourself, God, and others. And I learned early on that I'm not the man I need to be. I'm not the husband I need to be. I'm certainly not the pastor I need to be. And by God's grace, I have been able to stay humble. Sometimes God's had to help me with that, Bruce. And that's yeah, yeah. painful, but you know, I'm grateful for it. Never in the moment, but I'm, I'm mm. grateful for it. It's, it's all by the grace of God. I'm married by the grace of God. I have this mega church because of the grace of God. Bruce, I run with other mega church pastors and I see guys that are not humble. Mm. And I just say, Lord, keep me from that. Mm. Keep me from that. So that's, that's just my story. And, okay. um, and at the end of the day, it's, it's all about Jesus. And, you yes. know, where I'm out here in the land of Hollywood, the land of fake, you know, in yeah. the Bible, Jesus uses the word hypocrite. If we translated that word directly from the Greek to the English, you know what word it would be? In my head, it, it sticks as it's a theater word that means to yeah. put on a mask to be somebody else. Yeah, actor. Actor. I, I knew yeah. something. So we in California, we celebrate actors. That's Jesus's word for hypocrite. You, <laughs> you are not what you're claiming to be. 
And so that's where the vision of being real comes from. It's like, look, man, you know, you might get an Academy Award for performance, but that's not you. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, when they stand before Jesus, they're going to have all their Academy Awards in their hands. Hey, I was this person. And he's going to go, that, that wasn't you. Yeah, I didn't so, know you. Yeah, yeah. So last, before we go, just maybe tell people about your book, where it's going to be available, how to get it, uh, when it's yeah. coming out and all that. Yeah, it comes out March 5th. And if your listeners would just pray for it, I, I truly believe this book is going to change lives. And my yeah. editor said his feedback was, wow, this book's going to do something. And so I'm hopeful that it will remind people that Jesus is real. Our country is drifting way too fast from God. Yes. I'm hoping that this will help remind people to share Jesus. One of the big things is, is Jesus came to save that which was lost. And the word save in the, in the Greek language is sozo, and it can be translated two ways. One is save, the other is heal. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the reason the gospel writers use that word is because Jesus came to do both, to save mm-hmm. and to heal. And your neighbors, your family, your friends, they may hate God, hate the church, whatever. But if they need a miracle, our neighbors are not Christians, anti-God, just don't believe in anything as politically different as me as you could be. And, and, and his wife is struggling with mental illness and they came over and I said, would it be okay if I prayed over you in the name of Jesus? And here's the thing, mm-hmm. anti-God, super progressive, hate the church. As soon as I said that the husband Bruce jumps up and he meets me as I lay hands on his wife to pray. Really? Yes. And why is that? Because <laughs> he loves her. Yeah. And he knows the medical doctors. There's a whole chapter in this book, Bruce, on mental illness and why I think our doctors are handling this issue so poorly, because mm-hmm. not everything is mental. Not everything is physical. Some things are spiritual. Yes. And, um, you know, there's a whole chapter on the guy that Jesus meets whose demon is legion. Mm-hmm. And I, I really talk about what I think most Christians miss in that story and why I think we're losing the battle of mental illness in our church and in the streets, especially here in California. But it was just so interesting. An unbeliever, Bruce, jumps out of his seat, lays hands on his wife as we pray in the name of Jesus. And mm-hmm. I just told her, I don't know what your problem is, but Jesus does. And I believe that he can heal you. And she just wept. She just wept. Anti-God, anti-Jesus. He was Jewish. His background was Jewish. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus because there's no other name that can heal. I don't do vague God. (laughs) Jesus is the miracle man and the miracle worker. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, the book comes out March 5th. You can order it on Amazon. It'll be on Audible. I just finished the Audible version last week because a lot of people listen to books now in their cars. But um, it's a book you can go through with friends. There's small group questions, discussion questions at the end of every chapter. And so they can do that. But it's Every Day a Miracle, Trusting the God Who Heals Inside and Out. And so my writing name is Matthew Stephen Brown. That, that's my real name. My yeah. parents named me, you're old enough to remember this. My parents named me John Jacob Jingleheimer Smith. So did you sing that song when you were a kid? Yeah, um, like, <laughs> you know, that name is my name too. So even when I go to like the doctors, there are Matthew Browns born on the same day, same yeah. year as me. And it's like, okay. So my writing name is Matthew Stephen Brown. And so if, if you Google that, you'll find that. But it's on Amazon. Um, order it today. I really appreciate it. And wow. then share it with your friends. Read it with some people and go on a spiritual journey. And I think for your listeners who want to have an awe of God, I think they're just going to go, wow, I cannot believe this. And again, it's all God. It's all about Jesus. It's not about me. I merely am the recorder of these events. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. not the producer of the, these events. And so, and these are verifiable miracles taking place in front of doctors. Many of them are in hospitals where medical personnel just go, wow. Yeah, yeah. what? Okay, Pastor, just thank you. Appreciate yeah. you being on, Matt. It, just wonderful. Everybody get this book, buy copies. Yeah. Good way to give it away to somebody else and, and and say, you know, this has real miracles that are been proven in front of people yeah. that didn't believe in them. So by that, pray for the pastor and his church and the continued growth and the effect of this to sweep across the country. Yeah. Thank you so That's much, Bruce. Bruce. Thank you very much. You have a blessed day and we'll talk to you sometime, hopefully soon. Yeah. See you.